Welcome to your upfront moment. We're building a confidence revolution. Hi friends, I'm Lauren Curry, the founder of Upfront. We're an organisation on a mission to change confidence for 1 million women and non-binary people by 2023. And we do this in three ways. We transform your relationship and habits around confidence, power and visibility through our six-week online course. Each cohort is called a bond. Bond is the collective noun for a group of women and over a thousand women have graduated from a bond from over 20 different countries. We build community, real, genuine, human community, where women learn how to stand up for themselves and each other. We hold each other to account. We celebrate each other and learn together. Our community is Global Bond. We create content that will inspire, challenge and motivate you to be upfront. We are here to change confidence, not women. Upfront Moment is designed to kick your week off with confidence, self-compassion and agency. Hi friends, welcome to this week's Upfront Moment. This week we are talking about confidence gremlins at work. They live in your head and they are assumptions you make about your ability and why you can't do something. I'm in conversation with Helen Tupper the co-founder of the fantastic Amazing If, an award-winning company with a mission to make careers better for everyone. Confidence plays such a huge role in our careers and Helen articulates the relationship so beautifully in this conversation. We talk about our own confidence gremlins of wanting to be liked. We talk about how to overcome the confidence gremlin of being intimidated by people that are more senior than you. And we talk about how and why reframing your relationship with no is great for your confidence. Mic drop moments guaranteed. I hope you love this conversation. Let's go. Hi, Helen. How are you today? I am. Lauren, it is not raining, it is not snowing. I'm I'm taking the weather as a good a sign of a good day. So really happy to have this time with you today. We are we have officially opened our doors to Bond 7. And so we've got all sorts of amazing conversations with different experts lined up over the next few weeks. And we knew we wanted to have a conversation specifically about confidence at work. So of course, amazing if was very top of my list and so I would love you to tell our listeners who you are what Amazing If does and then we can get into confidence at work and specifically confidence gremlins right right that's the story to to gremlins and so I am Helen I'm the CEO and co-founder of a company called Amazing If where our mission is to make squiggly careers better for everybody and squiggly careers are effectively a career that can be fluid and flexible where people have the freedom to develop in different directions and that could be within the same organization it could be 
um, across different organizations or in the same profession. It's really just saying, you know, what do you want your work and career to look like? And let's not constrain your career by the concept of a ladder. Let's give you options and opportunities to be at your best, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and so we support individuals with the skills to succeed in their squiggly career. And then we work with organizations to create structures and culture that those kind of careers are possible. Um, and I do that with my business partner, Sarah, who is all, all kinds of brilliant. And um, we've known each other now for over, for over 20 years. So I get to work with a very close friend on something we're both very, very passionate about. And I guess within the concept of squiggly careers, there are five skills that we think are most fundamental that are sort of universally useful regardless of where you work or how long you've been at work. And confidence is one of the five. So that's why why for us, it's such an important focus. And I think specifically, and then we can get into the gremlins, I think specifically, the without confidence, I think there are two big risks. Everything else is a lot of awareness, but you don't take action. So I'm like, oh, I'm aware of my strengths. I'm aware that I need a career community, but I, don't, I haven't got the bravery to move any of that stuff forward. So it's awareness and action we need and confidence is a, is a big part of the action. And I think the other thing is if we are, if people are going to like benefit from squiggly careers and let go of the ladder and have a more individual career, it is probably going to mean they're going to have to make some difficult choices. Like when I decided to um, leave my corporate career and do what I now do, that was a difficult decision. And those difficult decisions require self-belief and you know it might be a it might be a sort of courageous career conversation but if you if you've not got the confidence to do that you're not you're not making those decisions you're not having those conversations and so you might find yourself stuck in a career that might look good on the surface but isn't really making you happy so confidence creates more individual careers because you've got the bravery to have those discussions about your development and it means that you can put all the awareness into action Yes, I love that description and it's one, so I often talk about confidence being the bridge between an idea or a thought and then taking action. So I'm really on the same page with you on that. And I always say in the bond, like insight is, insight's great, like you're going to read new things, learn new things, hear new ideas, but if you don't put those things into action, not very much is going to change. And I also, it took me six years to feel confident enough and brave enough to close all my other businesses and say, I am going to be the CEO of Upfront and build this brilliant thing. And that's, you know, at the core of that was was my self-belief. And, you know, I've talked a lot about the, you know, what I what I've learned retrospectively, kind of looking back at that process. But I know that you do a lot of work with corporates yeah. and big organizations where hundreds and thousands of people work. So what would be an example of that like courageous decision where you need that boost of confidence in a corporate setting that you see a lot? Um, so uh, lots and lots and lots of different examples. I mean, it's one that instantly stuck in my mind, a really... Um, and I won't, I won't name the organisation because I don't, I don't want to kind of identify the, the person who said this to me. But we were um, running the career programme with a company and I was talking to a guy and I was just asking him, like, you know, in the lunchtime how things were going. And he said, yeah, actually, I'm a lot happier than I was when we last spoke to each other. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. What, what's going on? And he said, oh, I've gone back to the job that I did before. He said he became a manager. Um, so, you know, kind of, 
had got promoted to a position of management for the first time and he said and I wasn't really enjoying it I sort of realized that it was what other people thought I should do but it what it wasn't what I wanted to do and he said so I had to have a really difficult discussion like sort of with myself first of all to like let it go and then with somebody else and make it and and make sure that I didn't feel like a failure and he said but I'm just so so much happier now I've gone back to what I was doing before and I think when he said that I was like well done you that that is brave that is brave to sort of start something, realize it's not for you, admit that to yourself and to someone else and go back to what you were doing before. So many people don't do that. They make a decision about their career development and then it, it, it turns out not to be the one that's right for them, but they're not brave enough to to discuss it or do something different. So they stick in it and they start to you know stagnate and get frustrated. But, you know, so it could be that kind of a situation. Um, it takes confidence often giving people feedback that takes a lot of confidence. Um, and that can be to your peers or to your manager. Lots of people struggle to, to do that. And um, to put yourself forward for new positions. There are so many people who rule themselves out of roles because they can't tick everything that is on that wish list of what they want from somebody. Like, well, I haven't got all five ticks, so I won't put myself forward for it. And so confidence is a massive part of people's careers on a, you know, like on a day-to-day basis, as well as like the more significant points in someone's progression. Yeah, I agree. And it, we see it so much when when we ask. So when people join the bond, I always say like, why are you here? What have you signed up for? Why do you want to take part? And when it's about work, it's it, all, it always strikes me how much it's often about other people. So it's like, I'm here because I really want to be the best leader I can be. I want to learn how to be a good manager. I want to role model what like genuine confidence looks like to my team. And I think that's always like a moment for me because confidence gets such a bad rap because we associate it with like arrogance and aggression and being too much. And actually most of the time, especially not always, but especially in conversations with women, there's always this of focus on community and the, the understanding that if I can grow my confidence, it's going to help every single mm-hmm. person in my life. It's going to change how I lead, how I host meetings, how I give and receive feedback. Um, so tell me the confidence gremlin story. Yeah. So, um, so if confidence is belief in yourself and other people believing in you too, because there's sort of two sides to a, a confident coin, if you like. Um, then the thing that can get away, get in the way of that belief, is is confidence gremlins. And so confidence gremlins are sort of doubts that get in the way of your development. They are stories that you tell yourself. Um, It's when you're in a meeting and this little voice in your head pops up and says, don't ask them what that acronym means because you're supposed to know that by now. And if if they think you don't know that by now, they're going to think you're not good enough. It's that it's that voice. It, it rules you out. It makes you smaller and it is a source of stress. And it is so often self-created. I always think there's the number, the numbers gremlin. So quite a lot of people have got confidence gremlins about um, numbers. So like, it sounds like, you know, I'm not good at numbers. I'm not a financial person. And it is so often rooted in school. They're like, oh, well, I wasn't in the top class in maths. Oh yeah, well, I got my GCSE, so I'm not good at numbers. And you're like, well, maybe, maybe you're not going to be an accountant. 
Okay. Can you talk about numbers? Probably yes. You know, you've moved on from that moment. We're not in that environment anymore, but you've carried that little gremlin and it's become this big voice of doubt in your head that's stopping you talking about how the team's doing. Um, you know, is the business growing or not growing? You're ruling yourself out so much from those conversations that you're not giving yourself the opportunity to contribute or to learn and develop. But And so we we get in our own way. And what Sarah and I have seen um, with confidence gremlins, uh, so the two things that I guess have not surprised me, but the two things that I've just sort of learned to be true about them, I suppose, is that everyone has them. That's liberating. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's not just me who worries about this stuff. Like Lauren runs her own company. Bet Lauren's got a confidence gremlin or maybe more than one. Like every, It doesn't matter how seen you are, how shiny you look on the surface. Everybody has got doubts that get in the way of their development. And then the other thing that I think we've seen to be true in the work that we have done is that there are some confidence gremlins that are particularly common. So, and and once you kind of, why that is helpful is your starting place when we're working with people, we can put the 10 most common confidence gremlins in front of people and we can say, which one of these feel familiar to you? It takes some of the scariness away of admitting that I worry about some of this stuff because I'm just going, oh yeah, I, that one, that one about senior people, I've, I recognize that one or that one about failure, I recognize that one. And so it does make what can feel like a difficult conversation. So it's quite vulnerable to say, I, I worry about these things. It does make yeah. it easier when you're starting places all over the world, whatever companies we work in, these are the 10 that we see most frequently. So which feel familiar to you? Let's talk about the senior intimidation around senior people, because I know that often the feedback that we get from our clients, and the client's usually the senior person, is that they notice the bonder changing how they are in relationship with this person. And they're yeah. like, this is amazing because this is what I've always wanted. Like more openness, more informality, more chat, more more challenge, more critique, more questions. And so it's a win-win situation for everybody involved when you can beat that confidence gremlin. Well, I think you've got a few things playing into it. So there's a there's a little bit of a, a psychological thing going in, but there's also a bit of a structural thing in companies, which is that companies, because of ladder-like careers, have created these hierarchies where there are, you know, progressively more senior people and that 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 comes with people having different levels of responsibility over an organization and somebody's career. So in a in a ladder-like way of thinking, if you're my manager's manager, Lauren, I might be thinking, well, I've got to, I've got to stay on Lauren's good side because she's got quite a lot of influence over me and my next promotion. And so I think that structure then influences the psychology. Like, how do I get on Lauren's good side? And I and I stop being authentic and I start thinking about how I present this perfect version of myself. But a lot of people don't want the perfect version. They want the discussion. They want the debate. That the value is not in the perfection. The value is in what you bring and what I bring and in the gaps in our individual knowledges comes something better together. And so if you're trying to present like that, yes, Lauren, I'm, I've got it and I've presented it and this is what I think we should do, then you're like, mm. you're coming across a little bit fixed, Helen. Like I, I want, the, I value the discussion. I, I kind of want to get there together. Um, but that, that I think for a lot of people, that feels quite difficult because they assume that they've got to present this perfect front in order for them to come across quite quite well. So a lot of the time what we're trying to do with people who have a confidence gremlin of senior people is to sort of uh, 
to recognize the hierarchy that they are kind of placing. Um, sometimes I even get into a discussion about where it feels appropriate. It's not appropriate all the time, but sometimes I talk about the parent adult child dynamic. Because some people kind of, it's a bit of a light bulb moment when they see that they've taken this idea that, you know, outside of work, we, you know, potentially have a parental figure who we look up to for guidance and validation and direction. And then we've just taken that construct and put it in a company. And then we're going to this, you know, Lauren's my manager's manager. And suddenly she's become the parent that I'm looking for, for validation and direction. And I've put myself in the child position, but I'm nearly 40 and maybe that. Maybe that's maybe we should do something different now. Um, and so sometimes I talk about that with people, but it is about like, you know, how do you behave differently with that person and why? And what is the authentic version of you? And what do you want to be known for? And how do you bring more of that version of you into the conversation? Like imperfection will probably build that relationship better than presenting the perfect version of yourself. And what we play around with with people is moving from a limiting belief to a limitless belief. So for example, with, with senior people, it might be, I don't know, the limiting belief might be they need to think I'm perfect in order for me to progress. And then the limitless belief might be if I if I show themselves that if, almost like they've got more ways they can help me to progress if they see the spaces in which I can grow. You're giving them more to help you grow if they see that you've got sort of gaps to work with. If you present yourself as perfect, they're a bit, you know, you're not, you're not giving them anything to grow. So helping people almost reframe those limiting to limitless beliefs is really important. And also to get them to, you know, if I say to myself, well, I need to be, I need to come across as perfect in order to progress. And you say to somebody, okay, well, the other people that progress in this organization, do you think they come across as perfect? Mm -hmm. Oh no, like Helen Tupper, she makes mistakes all the time, but she's, you know, she's got good relationships and she seems to get stuff done. Okay, so you so you don't have to be perfect in order to progress then. And then and, and you know, holding those assumptions up, often using other people to talk it through, helps people to realize that they've created one story for themselves that they don't actually believe in for other mm -hmm. people. It's been living and breathing in people's brains for too long. And sometimes we have to like expose it, put it under a spotlight and go, hmm, are we giving this gremlin a bit too much space in our brain? Hi friends, it's Lauren. And I'm here to remind you that Bond 7 starts on June 5th. If you enjoy Upfront Moment, you are going to love our six-week online course. By now, you've probably heard of the Bond. Bond is the collective noun for a group of women. Each cohort that moves through our course is called a Bond. Bond number six welcomed 512 women from over 25 different countries. Bond seven starts on June Fifth, and we cannot wait to welcome you. This course is all things confidence, power and visibility. We have discounts for charities, NHS workers and you can even pay in four instalments over four months. The Upfront Bond is the world's top choice for women and organisations that are genuinely interested in increasing their confidence and activating the confidence of the people around them. For bond number five, the average increase in confidence was 109%. Go to weareupfront.com for all the details. Hi, I'm Catherine. Um, I was part of Bond 5 in 2021 and I am still very much on a confidence journey. Um, I look back at the notes I took 
and I lean on the community I still connect with and I am frankly amazed by myself because I have achieved, I have grown and I have learned so much. So I urge you to sign up for Lauren Curry's incredible course. It is so much more than CPD. I think the other thing I notice with the seniority relationship is that piece about when you when you really start to accept and believe that doubts and nerves and low confidence and fear and all these things are part of being a human being and that there's no one person who's immune from that stuff. Like you and I both have, we have confidence gremlins and we could both write a book about confidence gremlins, but we still have them. And I feel like when you, when you, you know, it's easy to say that, but when you deeply believe that and accept that, you start to see these, these people as also people who are on their journey of learning and reflecting and it's it somehow levels the playing field, I think. Yeah, I agree. And I, I they don't really go anywhere. That's what I've learned. Sometimes I used to have a confidence gremlin about being too young. I definitely used to have that one in, in some of the organizations that I was in. And now that one's maybe gone, but I feel like it's been replaced with another about don't be too difficult. And it's sort of you know, they just they just it's just normal. And I think as your career changes you know, another gremlin might grow. And it's just to your point, I think reflection and self-awareness helps you to spot them before they become too significant. And it's just going, okay, I can see there's a little belief here that's holding me back. And so what, what am I going to do differently now? Because I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be defined by that. I am finding this situation a bit hard, but where is that coming from? And what can I do differently? So that gremlin doesn't take control of my career which is honestly Lauren I see this a lot I see people who've let a gremlin take control of their career and it stops them speaking up or applying for jobs or it, it you know it gets them stuck in situations and, it, and it's so often what's within you know what's within somebody it's not it's not the bad manager or the company that hasn't given them a promotion it's the thought processes that exist within them and even just giving that oxygen right it's like yes. sliding it telling the story having the conversation is so powerful. So what's an, what's another one of your favorites out of the 10? And I need to be liked. I find that one quite an interesting one. So a lot of people have a gremlin that, you know, if I'm, it almost sounds like, well, if people don't like me, then I won't be successful. What, what it leads to is people sort of being perpetually positive, even when they might not feel like it. So, you know, you're having a hard day, whatever's going on at home, you've come out of a meeting and someone goes to you, you know, Oh, oh, Lauren, like, how you doing? And you don't go, do you know what? It's been a really hard day and I could do with, I could just do with 10 minutes to get my head. You go, yes, not good. Yeah, how are you? How are you doing? Um, and I think that kind of, that stuff could often feel quite um, quite hard for people. It stops them. I, I recognize this one in myself and it stops me challenging or sometimes and speaking up because I think, oh, I don't agree with that perspective but oh, if, I, if I speak up I'm making a bit of a point of it so I won't I won't I don't want to be too difficult I won't say it and um it's probably some of my biggest career regrets have come from that confidence gremlin of thinking well, you will need to think I'm a nice person and therefore by 
being too challenging in this meeting. They'll think I'm not being nice. But you know that point about looking at other people to see whether you really believe that to be true. When I look at what I respect in other people, so people like you, Lauren, and you know other people too, I see you challenging. I see you speaking up for what you believe in. And I don't think you're not a nice person. So this this story that I've created that, oh, you're not a nice person if you speak up too loudly, it's like it's only a story you hold for yourself and not one I believe to be true when I look at other people. So that's that's a very common one. And I do think as well, it's often quite conditioned in, in women quite early on, this kind of niceness thing. Yeah, very much so. And it's one that I really relate to and so a huge part of the conversations we have up front and something that has helped me a lot is understanding and recognizing the difference between being kind and being nice and there's a kind of etymological context there behind the word that is really interesting and that you know being nice is very you know, very flat, very docile, whereas kindness is it's, it's inactive, more intentional and kind of action-orientated. And obviously we see this idea of niceness being weaponized against women and girls and it fundamentally changes how we think about our potential and our power and our influence in the, in the space we take up in the world. And it's always interesting to me to think about it in the context of being a founder, where we are, where we are building organizations that are challenging the status quo. And we are trying to lead teams and get clients and do all those things. And it's like feeling comfortable and confident to do that and know that not everybody is going to like it or yeah. think that you're nice. But as long as you are always kind, I feel like that's the that's the way that I think about it that helps me. It's like I'm not building a business to be nice to everybody. Like that's impossible. But I will always strive to be kind. And it's the, you know, this idea of like kind leadership or kind entrepreneurship or building a kind culture. There will be elements of that that people wouldn't like. And that's okay. It is, and I even I like always the things that stick with the things that have helped me with that gremlin. It's random are things that you collect when you really look for them. Um, the whole um, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Mm -hmm. Don't be vague, don't be waffly. Like clear is kind, Helen. And so I keep that in my mind. And then randomly, a podcast from Atega Awagba from like a couple of years ago. She was talking about I think success and achievement and um, and validation. And I think it was a piece of advice her mum gave us. Like super simple. I just said something like, "Not everyone's going to clap for you." And I was like, yeah, like, good point. <laughs> like, and I'm not asking everyone to clap, but maybe I, maybe in my head I was, but not everyone's yeah. going to clap for you. And that's, that's okay. That's okay. Like find your, find your cheerleaders and your champions, but not everyone's going to clap for you. Yeah. And validation is a big part of confidence gremlins, I think, around perfectionism and kind of fear of failure. It's like, what, what happens if they say no? Or what happens yeah. if they don't answer me? Or what happens if I go for the promotion and don't get it? And recently I've been, and I, I heard this on a podcast by Rachel Rogers, who runs a brilliant organization called Hello7. And she was talking about reframing rejection to see no's as a really positive thing. So much to say that if you are not getting any no's, you're playing it too safe. Like you're mm -hmm. staying firmly inside your comfort zone. 
you want to be collecting no's as badges of I'm aiming really fucking high right now. Like I'm punching above my weight and I'm dreaming really big and that's going to come with lots of no's. And that's really helped me because I get so many no's. I saw a presentation I was years ago now. It stuck with me, maybe smile when you talk about, about So I think it was called like no exposure or something like that. Basically, the more you expose yourself to people saying no, the easier it becomes to not uh, not not personalize rejection. And so the, this the person did a project. It was a guy did a project where like every day he tried to get a no, like little things like he would go into like a Starbucks and say, "Can I have a shot for free?" And they'd be like, "No," no. because he has to pay for that. But like every day, you know, putting himself in a situation where he's sort of asking for something so that he was kind of getting more exposed to the no's. And I quite liked that. So that actually, then it just becomes it just becomes easier to ask. I do like that. So how can we how can we support your mission to make make careers more brilliant for everybody? I think oh a few things. So I think um with confidence in particular, I think um like talk about your confidence gremlins. I think the more that we can take the lids off these things like go, oh, one of the things that I worry about is, you know, just being that little bit more vulnerable and taking off this like like I don't know, presence of perfection, like just in kind of going, oh yeah, I do run my own company and I have written these books, but you know what? One of the things I really worry about is that um, I I'm, I'm, I worry about failure. I worry my third book won't be a success. And it's sort of like just exposing these things so that you people can talk to you and support you. And I think, I always think as well, having like confidence gremlin buddies really helps. So I have, you know, I'm my business partner, Sarah. She knows my gremlins, I know hers and we support each other with that stuff. So on confidence in particular, just, taking the lid off it a little bit and talking about it. And if people need help with that, then on our website, we've got a free ebook, How to Cage Your Confidence Gremlins. And it's the most, it's the 10 most common ones and it talks them through. And you could maybe use that as an entryway into those sorts of conversations with people. Uh, but generally with squiggly stuff more broadly, um, I think the, the best thing that people could probably do is talk squiggly in their company. And so we have this thing called the squiggly swaps, which is like when you spot ladder-like language in a company, make a squiggly swap. So for example, when people talk about career plans, and you can go, oh, that's really interesting. I'm I'm really curious about career possibilities because plans fix your future and possibilities open them. Or when people talk about steps like, oh, Lauren, what's your next step? You can say, oh, that's an interesting question. One of the things that I love talking about is the different moves I'd like to make. Like there are these simple swaps in language that people can do that, that really help us get rid of the legacy of the ladder that's like present in lots of places and instead makes sort of normalize the squiggly stuff which gives people more opportunities and i can always post like a link maybe in the in this chat later on created like a little uh one page pdf of some squiggly swaps which might help people take that language into their conversations and into their companies i love that language is very powerful like we underestimate the power of the language that we use well if folks who are listening are determined to reveal their confidence gremlins, would love a confidence buddy, want more of these types of conversations around confidence, I would love to invite you to join our next bond, which starts on June 5th. And our doors are open. You can go to weareupfront.com as our six-week online course where you will join hundreds of women from all over the world to transform your relationship with confidence. Our last bond was bond number six, and we welcomed 512 women from 25 different countries. 
and you will learn to love something that you hate, like public speaking. You'll find your people and you will 10x your confidence. And so I would love to to welcome you and really happy to have a conversation with anybody that's listening who's curious to find out more about the bond. Because I know lots of you have come over from Helen's network, so it's really nice to meet you. There's lots of great stuff on the Amazing F website around resources. You've got your podcast, your two brilliant books. So be sure to check out all of those things. And thank you very much for listening. And thank you for being here, Helen. And so this week, your upfront challenge is about your confidence gremlin. What is it? Why is it holding you back? I want you to get curious, have these conversations with yourself, a trusted friend or colleague. The first step of getting rid of your confidence gremlin is bringing it out the cage, looking at it, getting curious. I've put a fantastic resource in the show notes that Helen and Sarah at Amazing F have put together to help you spot your gremlin, cage it and reward your progress. If you are truly committed to beating your confidence gremlins at work, you belong in Bond 7, our next six-week online course where your relationship with your confidence and how you show up at work will be transformed. Go to weareupfront.com to get your ticket today. I can't tell you how life-changing Upfront has been for me. I've been stuck in a job for years that I fell out of love with. I had no idea what to do next. Upfront has given me the confidence, the passion, the drive and the vision that I needed. I'm now so excited about my future. Never in a million years did I imagine myself approaching people with ideas. I've even got a business meeting with a mentor tomorrow. After a few years of treading water, I'm finally learning to swim and I couldn't be happier. Thank you, Upfront. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Let me know how you get on with your Upfront challenge. You can always write to me, lauren at weareupfront.com. Let me know what this moment made you think about. And don't forget to sign up to our amazing Upfront newsletter. Every Tuesday, I send links, inspiration and insight around confidence, power and visibility to over 5,000 inboxes. Guaranteed gumption and action. Bye friends, I'll see you on Monday for your next Upfront Moment.